0: Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Mississippi Ghost Encrypted's podcast. Today, we have Jack on the phone with us. Jack, can you introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Jack, and I'm a big a investigator up in Kentucky, and I'm uh, just happy to be here today. and be uh, happy to share my story and talk about anything you want. Okay. Thank you for related that. or anything else.
0: All right. Well, on the line with you, you've got...
1: This is Terry and chris
0: so we'll all kind of be hey, okay. all right. how are you doing <laughs> well we be kind of throwing questions at you and and um so so jack what got you into bigfoot hunting
1: well um it kind of started a, a long time ago really i i've always been an outdoor person and i've i've grew i grew up as a in a Boy Scout family and everybody in my family, me and my brother were Eagle Scouts and we'd always done backpacking and outdoorsy stuff. I went on to, to join the army and, you know, that was outdoors in general in field artillery and in cavalry and armor. Um, so I just love the outdoors. And after I'd retired from all of that, I um, still needed it, needed that, had that urge to still be outdoors and I started looking around on the internet and you know lo and behold we found out that that they were bigfoot all across the country and I was excited to uh, perhaps even see one so I um uh, joined up with an expedition with CFRO and uh, went with them and I had a really you know, good time and met a lot of interesting people had some creepy experiences and uh
0: took off from there okay well I, I know that's how we had a chance to get to to meet you and um and some of the other people that you know that you that you knew as we had our chance to come up to kentucky and investigate up there in your woods so um and we're i'm very grateful for that opportunity and i enjoyed meeting you very much
2: we we did learn a lot while we were there we mm-hmm. we kind of were just going off of what we saw on tv what we saw on the internet when we went out quote unquote bigfoot investigating not knowing what the heck we were doing and you know we were looking on the ground but hey you might want to look up <laughs> check for tree branches broke stuff like that so um yeah you you uh great instructor we had a great time up there and we really appreciate the, the knowledge you forego to us and chris tried to make it but unfortunately things happened at that time and you couldn't get to go but uh uh, once again, we appreciate it, Jack.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. That that was a good trip, and I uh, appreciate it. I liked, you know, we get people um, to the expeditions in Kentucky. I'm sort of the host for the Kentucky expeditions up up until the last few years, but um, like getting people from all over the country and to have some people from Mississippi Gulf Coast come up. That was mm-hmm. pretty amazing, and learned a lot from you guys about uh, you know, some of the things that you do and some of it's, crossover in the cryptid world and and uh, uh, we just we're happy to have you all up there with your experiences and i'm glad you learned something and i'm glad you uh, enjoyed it walk around in the dark and knocking on trees and, <laughs> and hollering and all that stuff so good
0: so um jack if you, if you feel comfortable about it um can you tell us about one of your creepy experiences that you've had
1: sure um let's Let's go ahead and start with the first one. And, and you know, to be honest, uh, like I said, I really just wanted a reason to be outside. And, and uh, you know, in the army, I always crawling around in the dark. So, the uh, Bigfoot, looking for Bigfoot, is pretty much doing the same thing, going out in the dark with no flashlights and things. So, I talked. Um, I was an assistant scoutmaster at up here in Kentucky, and I talked to other scoutmasters to go with me the first time, and uh, one guy was totally, you know, just not into it, and the other guy was sort of open-minded. But uh, when we showed up to this, actually, we went to Tennessee, uh, northern part of Tennessee, which is a very active area. And um, uh, what happened was they needed somebody to volunteer to be a remote campsite. And so you could either stay down in the state park or go up on a mountaintop and we looked at each other and said, "Hey, that's our cup of tea. We're campers, so we did that." And uh, everybody was like, "Ooh, you're brave. That's great." And we were all just branding like, "What? What do we just sign up for?"
3: <laughs> but um,
1: yeah, it was nice. And uh, probably one of the creepiest things that happened was in the uh, in uh, these these expeditions. What they normally do is they go out in little groups at night, and then the next day they have a a meeting and just do a recap, you know, of what happened the night before and make the plans for the next night.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So we were in our campsite up on the mountaintop and uh, just basically chilling out. And uh, suddenly there was a big roar. That's the best thing I could think of is a big guttural roar, almost like a, a threat. it was like deep in the chest. And it was like, and it, and it sounded like, you know, hundred, 200 yards away. And then we looked at each other and said, what was that? And then about 10 seconds later, it roared again.
3: Mm.
1: And then about 10 seconds later, it started again. And so we're looking for real compute. And This is 10 in the morning. It's sunny out,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you
1: know? Uh, so he was hungry. There's, you know, it's not the middle of the night. It's not, you shouldn't be scared. It's, you know, <laughs> in a, a beautiful forest. And it, it it was roaring so much that I, you know, I took a I had a notebook and I started making a little Roman numeral hash mark. And it, did you know that it ended up roaring 11 times wow. from that spot? And we thought, oh my gosh, what is that? And then we, we kind of looked at the third guy who was like a, you know, like a, the skeptic and he was like, well, I don't know what it was. It wasn't no Bigfoot. But, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we don't know what it was either, but it was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we all just kind of like settled down in and the had hammocks and we just kind of chilling waiting to drive down to the meeting. So about 15 months after this, if the first wars came from our 12 o'clock, another war comes from our 3 o'clock, mm-hmm. like off to our roads. I'm like, oh, my God, it's circling. So it roared, and I got out my pencil. It roared six times. Okay. And we got out, and we I don't know what to do. And we had a we had a, a car, and we didn't have any any guns or weapons. Or anything. We had six. Mm-hmm. We're like, what in the world? And... We you know, instead of like going towards it, we just got our car and left it together. Oh wow, you guys <laughs> won't believe it. Because we were movies. We didn't know. We didn't know about it. So that was creepy and kind of crazy at the same time. Wow. So, so that's that's the one experience we had.
2: Did did it seem as if they were getting close to you or kind of staying the same distance away?
1: It seemed like it was the same. It seems like it. It wasn't like traveling. It seemed like it was. It. I think it was doing what it wanted to do. I think sure. it wanted us to get out. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> and then, gotcha. you know, I can see it. You know, I can. I can take it from the twelve o'clock position. Okay, that's that's cool, and we're getting ready to leave anyway. But then when it started going at the the three o'clock, I'm like, oh man, it's on the move. It's it's trying to outflank us, you know. So, right. That's what really got concerned. Wow. Awesome. And, uh, you know, we went to the car and we could, we had a big knife. That's all we had. So we said, you know, let's go to the meeting a little room. So we went down. Right. So, got, so that was one up. time.
0: I was going to say, I think I probably, when the second roar started happening at three o'clock, would have been like, you know, we didn't take the warning the first time. We might want to go ahead and take that warning now, too. So, I, yeah,
1: yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, we, we, um, we got back to Kentucky. We, you know, we said, we looked it up. We couldn't, we couldn't find that roar. The closest was a, you know, we thought, well, maybe it's the black bear. And my friend, he called up the black bear association in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, black bears don't, you know, no matter what the TV says, they don't really roar like a lion. Mm -hmm. And they, they certainly, uh, they usually go the other way, you know, so they're not that vocal. And, um, you know, maybe a bobcat, but that was a big bobcat. You yeah. know, I don't know. Right, gotcha. I, I don't know what it was. I still don't know what to this day, but it was whatever it was, it was out of the ordinary and it was pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of like us so when that, we were going up there to meet you. Um, when we were getting to the campsite that we were staying at, and uh, we had just backed into the campsite and uh, was cracking the windows to kind of equal out the, the pressure in the, in the car, and we were going to take a nap to. Before the sun came up, and we had something roar, and you know here we are to go up there on a Bigfoot expedition. But when we heard that roar, whatever that was, there we all rolled the windows up, make sure they were all locked, and was kind of looking at each other like, "What the heck was that?" We weren't getting out of the car and running toward any noises. I can tell you that.
2: Uh, And like rolling the windows up was going to stop anything anyway. So,
0: (laughs) you know,
1: I have made a promise myself that I will not, you know, cut and run. Any, you know. And actually, I went out with a group in the, in the spring, we had some activity and somebody said, it's time to go. And I said, no, no, we're, we're not. We, we always, we always said, oh, we had activity. Let's run back. No, let's stick around and wait and see. Sure, Yeah. So we, you know, I'm kind of, because it's easy to be an armchair, six foot person. But when, like, you know, when you, when you get that lighter bike Mm -hmm. thing, you you know, you got to sort of calm down it's okay right, right and and let's see the situation develop and I've always said because I've had this happen to me at another expedition a group of people uh, they had night vision and they were watching these things crawl through the through the bush in front of them and they actually have it recorded on the you know night vision yeah and my my thing was why, why didn't you turn on a big fat flashlight even mm-hmm. i mean even if you see it for a you know 10 seconds you've seen, seen it, it right. you know right wow so that that's that's my advice to people if, if you've got something going like that and you're lucky enough to, to have that kind of situation first of all try to stay around you don't have to you know and anybody that's been in the woods knows that if you run and if it's a Animal that hunts other animals and it says, Oh, you're prey. Pre- so they'll right. run after you. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. The other thing is, you're there to have this experience. So yep. right. ride it out. And
2: uh, yeah, I mean, have, having good friends with you that don't mind if you step behind them, that's also <laughs> a good yeah.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> Or if they
3: run slower than you, that's
2: fine. Yeah. Too. yeah, here, Bobby, go ahead. You, 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 yeah, yeah you, you hold the camera, one Bobby. I'll be right
3: back. So let, me, let me ask yeah. you,
2: if, if, uh, if for instance you ever came in happenstance face to face with this seven eight foot tall creature, like what would you, how would you react personally?
1: Oh my gosh! I you know I don't know I because I you know as an investigator I talk to people and try to put myself in their shoes. And mm-hmm. Mostly it's shock and disbelief that people have. And uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to put myself in the way of this, and I still I would like to think that I would at least try to say hi or you know raise my hand or something you know right uh, right you I just, know I would like, like to just soak it all in because so usually you know a sighting's ten seconds right got gotcha. you know yeah and you know you, being so you don't have to say wait, wait let me dig my camera out <laughs> <laughs> right that's not the first take thing a on your selfie. Mind. Right, right, right. Because you being a, uh, you being a
2: trained soldier, I know that you would have a different mind, like your, your mind would process it a lot differently than myself. Um, yeah, well,
1: um, yeah, and maybe, you know, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe that's why I don't have very luck having good, you know, with face-to-face things, because they kind of see me as a soldier moving through the woods and kind of like confidently going through there and kind of paying attention to things. I, yeah, you know, I don't know. No,
2: that, that's, that's, a, yeah, that's a good idea. I hope I'm not James. Yeah. Cause it, it sends yeah. you, yeah, I can see that because most of the people that are trained to be out in the woods, like the hunters and all this, and that you're always observing. Right. Far and, left and, far and you're always here too. Right. And then, uh, it just happens a chance that, you know, you got a group of people out there just having a bonfire, not paying attention to what's going on, and they're the ones that get
1: the interaction. They're the ones that see it, you know. Right. <laughs> us, yes. us that go then, out yeah, looking for it. Mm-hmm. On, the, on expeditions, I try to tell people, hey, just talk mm-hmm. and just, you know, laugh. And we've had people sing, you know, because that's what's going to draw them in. You know, they're, we're their TV, you know. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've been quoted as saying that before, too. You know, we're their entertainment. Right. and and like to the, the watch, sure, sure, uh well, so,
2: Jack, would you have any let's any kind of beginner advice for somebody that wants to possibly start bigfoot investigating
1: as um, far as you know yeah, like safety
2: I mean, safety features and what to look out for and that type of thing
1: or? well, yeah, safety features as always you know. Do not try not to go out in the woods by yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and have have a buddy with you or have a small group of people with you, and that's just general safety. Another thing is exactly. let people know if you're going somewhere, mm-hmm. when you, you know, where you're going and when you will be back, mm-hmm. and that's that's general safety tips. Um,
2: you're not guaranteed that you should signal. always do.
1: I mean, you, you see, you know, these David Ply, he's missing four in one book; these people right. just disappear in national forests. And you know, there's a way to to uh, kind of cut down the the risk of doing that. Is you know to have that and to um, like he says, have a GPS tracker. I don't I don't have that, but um, you know, it's not a bad idea to have some kind of GPS, which your phone would be most of the time if you're in you're in phone ranges. Um, mm-hmm. right. uh, as far as going to the woods, um, you know don't drink and well, don't drink and hike. <laughs> yeah. Those kind of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't bring a gun. You know, like every, not, not everybody load up like Rambo because you hear a bush rattling and you, you shoot a gun into it. It could be your friend. You know, it right. could be anything. It should be a last right, So, I you know. know, you don't want to do those kinds. So a lot of it is safety. Mm-hmm. Um, um, also, if, if you want to investigate, you know, have a red flashlight, take a notebook, you know, take notes. Um, you the only thing we, you know, when people first start out, you don't need all this fancy equipment. You don't need thermal gear. You don't need any of that stuff. You, and the reason you need a red flashlight is not for them. Heck, they can see you. It's for you to help you with your night vision. Right. So if you're all the time got white lights off and on, off and on, off and on, um, it, it, um, you know, it takes away from your night vision. So, um, you need red lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get that, I, I get that asked all the time. Mm-hmm. They know you're there as soon as you shut the car door. Right. right. Matter of fact, when you when you go to a parking lot, they you know they say don't don't slam your doors you know. But I've been in with groups when when the group pulls up and we shut the car door, bam, you would knock. Mm-hmm. You know you're already made. They know you're there. Gotcha. All right. And I've done that numerous times, including I've even had uh, whoops, you know, in Kentucky, kind of. Uh, where where you guys were
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you came up, me and my friend were scouting before, and the best swoop I ever had was right right near that campsite.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Maybe that was so, a good So, um,
1: face place safety and take recording equipment if you go out at night. You know, and, and there, there's opinions on that. Are we going to go out and just mess with Bigfoot and knock a tree and have somebody knock back at you? You know, that might be that's thrilling. You know, it's cool to, to do, but, um, you know, they've heard wood knocks for years now. You know, it's kind of been a fad for the last 10 or 15 years to do the wood knocks and yells and stuff. So they've, right.
3: they've right. kind
1: yeah. of been there, done that. Yeah. Right. So go somewhere, put up a fire, sit around, and talk, right. <laughs> you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: draw them in, okay. stay near bushes and woods and creeks, and, you know, things like that. Okay. So, so yeah, they, you know, I've heard the same thing like for years after for ghost hunters like some group in mm-hmm. South Carolina didn't want people to do ghost walks because it was the rights of the ghosts for being in France, because people were going to mess with them. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so who knows?
0: Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so um, that's what I would do. You want to hear another scary time that I had? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We,
0: yeah.
1: Okay. Um. So probably my, and I, I wasn't an investigator yet, but um on another expedition that I went on and this, this again was down in Tennessee and this was a little further down kind of on the, um, in the mountainous Eastern, Eastern Tennessee area. And, um, we, uh, once again, you know, we showed up and, and we said, Hey, we want a remote camp. You know, cause the first time we, we had a, such a cool experience, they said, Hey man, we've got the place for you. So we went, uh, they took us up this mountain and they took us up this logging road. We followed, we followed in a car and, uh, we went all the way up this mountain and we're like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes up a dirt road.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they stopped, they showed us where to put our tent. And then the guy drove away and you could see his taillights going <laughs> all the way down the mountain. So you, you're there. I mean, you're, you're by yourself. There is absolutely nobody else around. I mean, you could, unless you're on a horse, you know, there's, there's no way to sneak up on you. You're just camping there. And, uh, so me and my friend, um, we built a fire and then we went on a little night hike, you know, just to kind of, you know, check out the area. We went further up the road, found foxfire, which is that, you know, fluorescent wood that rocks
3: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, which was kind of cool. So then we brought that back to the camp. And we were sitting there in our, uh, you know, soccer man chairs at the fire. And suddenly a big, like a big yell, like right there, like right there, there was a creek and a little rise of a hill. Mm -hmm. And it bellowed. It like, it was like, ah, like that. But I I mean, I'm not even doing it justice, but it's. That really loud, and we were like, "Of course, we stood up." And, oh my god! And uh, we didn't have we didn't have recording equipment. We had recording equipment with us. We didn't have it on. Oh. The best oh. yell I've ever heard in my life, and of course, you know my dictaphone was in the in the truck, mm-hmm. so I missed it. And that's another thing for new people: if you're going to have, if you're going to bring a little. The cassette recorder. Turn it on. Right. <laughs> so yeah. You don't. You don't pick. You know when they show up. They pick when they show up. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, were... I, oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe that just happened. Oh my gosh. And and this time, because we were in bear country, my friend did have a gun, mm-hmm. and fr- he walked over to his truck and pulled out a forty four and came back, and he says, here, Jack, and here's a Glock. So he gave me a 9-millimeter.
3: <laughs> and
1: we are like, oh, my, what in the world? And it's pitch black, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just our little fire, and our fire starts sputtering down and going out. <laughs> and, it, of course, it's, you know, Tennessee, Smoky, Rainy Mountain. So, it you know, the fire starts going down. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, dude, you're trying to go get firewood." He said, Nope, nope, not gonna happen.
3: <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: like idiots. We went to we went to bed. He went to his tent, then I had I went to my tent. And I mean this thing is just screamed like thirty sleep? yards away. How do you sleep after that? You know? Well, I'm a soldier. I can you can tell me to sleep, I'll go to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, it has been a long day to get there. Anyway, um so you know, I had a flashlight, and I was reading a book, and he was over here in his tent, and I was over here in my tent, and I'm laying on my back and shining up the reading trying to read this book and uh, the rain started and just started pelting down and down, down down, and my little dome tent was an old tent I'd had it for years, and suddenly I felt water on my elbow. I went, "Oh God." <laughs> Here it is raining, and my tent is leaking. And I look over on the floor, and there's just a pool of water. And I'm like, mm. oh, geez, this is gonna be miserable. So I get on my knees, and I've got the flashlight pointed along the back of the tent, just trying to figure out where the water's coming in. And then, as I'm doing this, suddenly a finger shows up on the outside of the tent, like something that poked the outside of the tent. And ran it along right in front of me. <laughs> ran it level, like you could hear the nylon go right there. Like right, I mean, I'm kneeling, a yeah. foot in front of it, and something goes like that. And I looked down, and I got this nine millimeter Glock <laughs> at my knees. And I went, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a father of four. I said, hey, hey, what are you doing? You <laughs> know, and, and I couldn't shoot through the tent. You know, I, right. right, yeah. I wasn't, you know, I was doing guess for the advice I just gave you 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and that, so suddenly then behind me to my back, I hear Mark in his tent going, Jack, are you okay? <laughs> I said, no, no. <laughs> I said, Mark, do you have any room in your tent? He said, no. because well, he's got a backpacking tent, so those things are small. I said, too bad, buddy. I'm coming <laughs> over. <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> there's no shyness in the, uh, man. I was there was no way in Hades. I was gonna, first of all, the tent was leaking, and second of all, that just happened, mm-hmm. yeah. and that truly, truly scared me. Absolutely. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I mean it. So I, you know, got my little gun, I got my sleep back. <laughs> I went over and shoved it <laughs> in there. <rim. laughs> <laughs>
0: So, Jeff, where do you think that the Big Boots, you know, go to live and hide? Do you think they're staying in cave systems or volcano tubes or just?
1: Yeah, I think I mean, they must be staying in some kind of caves or shelters or, you know, making some kind of um, taking advantage of, you know, the land and, and mm-hmm. either making, like, draw, dragging brush over them or anything right. like that. And, uh, you know, anybody who says they can't they can't hide, you know, they're close to eight or 10 feet tall. Well, you know what? When I was in the yeah. Army, we I could hide a seven sixty ton tank in a field, and you could never see it. And right. you, I, I mean, literally, I've had people walk right by tanks that are mm-hmm. sitting in the woods that, you know, you find a little swell, you back them into it,
3: mm-hmm.
1: then you put some branches in front of you, and people will absolutely walk by tanks. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can easily believe that they can be can hide. And, I, you know, I don't know. And I, people have asked me before, how do they sustain their calories? How do they do this? How do they do that?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I don't know. Until, I mean, unless we have a chance to talk to them sometime, but, right. you know, we haven't had that chance yet. Right. Well, I mean, I, I know that they they can run and fish, you know, with there's reports of them catching fish, mm-hmm. catching animals, vegetation whatever
0: right so what um what's your opinion about what why do you think the government doesn't put out signs for them like they do for bears or cougars or you know mountain lions and stuff like that why do you think that the that we don't have those things for big since there's been so many sightings and you know if you if you go back to the Native American time and you know stuff like that that these big hairy men and all this was going on beforehand so why do you think we don't have you know why? Why are they not recognized? Why do you think that they're
1: not recognized? Well, I mean, I think really, you know, fear of the unknown. I mean, if some, you know, because we're who we are, if we see something that's out of the ordinary, the first thing we try to do is kill them,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and, and you know, that's that's not good. Right. Um, we we have all these beautiful national parks that we want people to enjoy, and you know, families and kids, and if they're rare to be seen, then, you know, what are they going to do? Put all those off limits, and we suddenly lose all these national parks. Um, and it just gives in to, you know, panic, and then people say, well, you know, hey, government, you know these are out here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, you know, why, what are you doing about it? And they're really, I don't know what they're doing about it, because I don't think anything could be done about it, because they're so... <laughs> elusive and rare that when they do show up Mm -hmm. and thank goodness for the most part they're benign right but it's just it's a scary thing people you know when people see it they're in shock Mm -hmm. and you know um that's not to say you know i've read you know stories where they're just like people where some are good and some are bad Mm -hmm. some are mean and some are friendly right you know um there's just that unknown and uncontrollable thing out there. So the, the most efficient way to take care of that is to ignore the problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: That's a good point.
2: Yeah. I think if, if you don't know about it, you're not going out searching for it. Unlike some of us that <laughs> kind of do and want to, but uh, it's, but, yeah,
1: it's the fact. I've I was in, I've been in Colorado a few times and, you know, and I used to be stationed out there in the Army, but I went back to visit a couple of years ago. You drive up the road to Pikes Peak, there's a, Sasquatch crossing sign right there.
3: There you go. There
1: yeah. You know, numerous haskwatches. You know, there's the sign. It says, Numerous haskwatches have been seen around here. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. are they really denying it? Or, you know, is that people can take it as a joke or can say, Oh, this is cool. They've seen numerous haskwatches.
0: Right.
1: You know, they're kind of introducing it a little bit.
2: Right. I think right. they have similar signs over in Northwest, Seattle and Upper Northern California yeah. and Oregon. Up, Yeah, and they
1: actually they have rights over there, you know. It's illegal to kill a Sasquatch if you see it. Now, over, you know, in the east where we live, it's not illegal because, quote, unquote, not here.
2: Right. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Awesome.
0: So, um, I I know this is something that people, you know, it's kind of like people believe in it, people don't believe in it. But what do you think about, do you think that Bigfoot use infrasound?
1: Oh, yeah, I do.
0: Okay.
1: I, and I think they probably have a di- different spectrum of sound. I think mm-hmm. they have, you know, in, their, in the way that they can see with their, their great big eyes, you know, their,
3: mm-hmm. the,
1: the sound waves and light waves, you know, from what they can see,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, they can go in the middle of the night with no, you know, obviously no sources of light. And, you know, some people say they have these glowing eyes and they see eye shine, which you know, may or may not be a thing, but who knows until we, if you don't, if you can't scientifically recreate it, it's not science. Right. So yeah. it's a pseudo science until that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really, it's all just opinions.
0: So are you, are you, do you, do you, um, you know, you kind of touched on that. So are you, do you think Bigfoot are harmless or are there just like any other creature that's out there in the woods?
1: I think, um, They've proven to be mostly harmless, mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't. I, you know, they, they have destroyed property. They have torn down deer stands and torn up fences and torn out. Um, you know, gone into homes and and messed them up. And you know, there are people that have come up missing
0: mm-hmm. that
1: we may or may not know what you know what happened.
0: Right.
1: You know, they could have just been hopelessly lost, or they could have. You know, unfortunately, something else could have happened to So, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then, then, you, then again, you have the little boy like in North Carolina that was lost a couple of years ago, instead of bear helping for two days, right? Right. You
2: know.
3: Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, we. You know.
2: Well, I think they're more in that aspect. They're more human-like to where they're going to protect their surroundings and their their family yeah, and just all them that. Our
0: so, house. if somebody was coming
1: into our house, we'd yeah. oh, I
0: agree. It, you know.
1: I agree. I agree that they're more on the human scale than the animal scale.
0: Right. That, that's what and, You know, I've
1: had people that are hunters, you know, that, that talk to me, you know, and, and we have here in the central part of Kentucky a, a fella that I did an investigation for. He was up in his deer stand and, and you know, um, two of them walked by side by side. Mm. And they were kind of like jogging in front of him along the, along the field. And I said, I hate to say this, but why didn't you take a shot? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I just had to ask. Yeah. Um, And uh, he said, Well, they they weren't hurting me. They and they looked kind of, you know, they you're not going to shoot somebody on something on two feet Mm -hmm. that looks somewhat with a face and two legs, and you know, you're just not going to do that. And most Mm -hmm. most hunters respect. Respect, you know, game and, and the outdoors, mm-hmm. and, right. you know, I, I've heard of other hunters saying, "Well, what's that idiot doing out here in a big brown coat during deer season when you're supposed to be wearing hunter's orange?" Right? You know. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. So I don't, I, you know, I guess my point is, we you know, they're seen by hunters, and and I've always been told the coon hunters have the best stories because they're they're up all night long. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I don't think. I don't think they're out to get us as long as we're not out to get them. Right. And I right. and I I just think they're more human than us. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yep. They're more curious about it. Uh, well, um,
0: well, I know there's supposed to be like different types of Bigfoots. Um. Yeah. So do you, can you touch on that a little bit?
1: Well, I, I mean, just probably what what I've seen when I've gone to conferences, you know, there mm-hmm. is along a spectrum of. You know, some that are nasty and some that are more, um, have the, the flat nose and kind of a ape-like features and some have more like a, you know, just a, I guess they call it a hooded nose or a nose similar to ours and some of them have hair all over their face like the Patterson Gimlin film, and, you know, mm-hmm. 67 has, that one had hair all over the face and some of them don't have hardly any hair but just skin and, you know, in certain parts of their anatomy, so. I really can't tell you that any more than that. Oh, the, no. the people that I've talked to around here, they, they've actually had faces, you know? So, you know, um, I, I know two guys. That I've seen them face to face one arm. One of the guys was armed. One of them was not. And they both sort of had like standoffs with them. And the, the one where the guy, uh, had a shotgun, he was, he was, he was squirrel hunting and he kept getting rocks running him all He was on his dad's farm, it was up, up here in central Kentucky and, and it was a, an older farm that they used to run cattle on, but it was pretty much just abandoned land at that point. But he, him and his dog, and his dog wouldn't leave him all day and then he, he thought acorns were coming down, but it was January, Uh, so that was kind of strange. Then he comes around the corner, and there is a bigfoot ten foot away Mm-mm. in his way, and and the thing had been throwing rocks at him all all day, and and uh, they sort of had a face to face confrontation. That that Sasquatch had, you know, eyes, ears, mouth, mm-hmm. you know, nose, and but it was, you know, eight feet tall. Okay. and he pointed a shotgun at it. And I don't know if you guys are hunters, but he's been, he'd been, been hunting, um, like with smaller buckshot. So he's like, well, it couldn't yeah. have done anything, but it right. made yeah. him feel better. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a one, two, three jump. And, and the fast wash jumped into a bush and he jumped the other way and right. ran back to his car. Right. Wow. And uh, his, I tried to get up there, like it happened on a Saturday and he called, um, to the site on a like on a Monday, and I talked to him on a Tuesday, and and we were going to go back the next Saturday, but his dad didn't want anybody going up there. Well, uh, he, I yeah. guess he didn't want the liability. Sure. Like oh, dang it. So <laughs> I mean, it was a, that was a fresh one, and then another guy and I actually went to go see this spot. He was looking for ginseng in Eastern Kentucky, and uh, in the springtime, you go and you you dig up ginseng and sell mm-hmm. them, sell the roots. In the last few years. You, you don't because if, if there's they pretty much depleted a lot of the ginseng so they were letting it grow back but this was years ago
3: mm-hmm. and
1: uh he his family was picnicking and he kind of wandered up the mountain and once again he was there was rocks kind of coming around him and he thought well you know they're coming off these ledges and he and he gets up to the spine of the of the mountain and uh And their squat in a squatting position is, is a wild man, you know, Sasquatch. And that one had long hair. It had facial features, had a gray face, but it, it was kind of like, you know, like the oriental sitting, you know, like a, Mm -hmm. like a squatting sitting. And he's like, well, here I am with a, he had a bag and he had a pen knife to help dig the roots up. And he talked to it and he, he said, you know, like when you're out walking in your neighborhood and you see a stray dog come up to you.
3: Right.
1: And, and you don't know if it's friendly or not. Yeah. <laughs> and he just sort of like, hey, buddy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm leaving. This is your <laughs> place, but I'm just here to visit. And he slowly turned around and walked, and it escorted him out of the woods. Oh, wow. That I... was a long walk down the hill for him. He heard it rustling behind as walked him out. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. it didn't attack him. And then he gets to the bottom of the hill, and you know, his, the the break in the tree line where the grass starts, and his kids are down there, little fishing, in and his wife is out in the picnic basket. He said, "Load up, let's go." And, <laughs> and they're like, "What's wrong, then They said, "Oh, I saw a bear." He didn't tell them. Right. Wow. Yeah. He didn't tell them, and then when he when he reported it, he says, "I still haven't told."
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: awesome. Because awesome, so, awesome. you know. And that, and that touches on another thing. A lot of people see things, mm-hmm. you know, the Internet's made it more open and more accessible. But, you know, I, I know people that see things that don't want to be interviewed or don't want to be right. done right. about it. because yeah. right. They're out. They're out cutting hay. I and mean, they're out there every day. Why would they want to declare war on something that's watching them every day?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah.
1: They don't want to shoot something that's going can easily just walk up behind them on a the tractor. Right you know yeah. so they they just
0: want to coexist gotcha I understand that and
1: then they they, they they don't they just take it as a matter of fact yeah we have Bigfoot on our farm
2: <laughs> right and if it's not bugging them or not harming you or anything then yeah just leave it
1: it's gonna yeah I mean what are you gonna do
2: <laughs> right right I mean it'll attract so many outsiders to someone who stays very private to themselves you
1: know, yeah if you if you let people know the that
2: media will go wild yeah Great, great. Yeah. All right. Thanks, sir. Enjoyed it.
1: All right.